Welcome everyone to the Oave Torah, Daf Yomi Shior. Today's Shior is Daf Yud Chet. We will begin on Daf Yud Chet at the top word. Actually, the top word on Yud Chet, many Gizot take those three words out. So we're going to start. Tani. Hashukhan Hayanatun Ulifnim. If you look at the um, the setup of the Hechal of the Bet Mikdash. So the Shulchan was uh, in the in the last half of the Hechal. Okay? Within the twenty Amot which is closest to the Kodesh Kodashim. So let's give you some uh, dimensions. The Kodesh Kodashim had 20, was 20 Amot deep. Welcome, Shlomo. The, so the Kodesh Kodashim is 20 Amot deep, and the Kodesh, in front of the Kodesh Kodashim, where the Shulchan, the Menorah, and the Mizbech HaZahav are, is 40 Amot deep. Okay? Now, where in the... where in the 40 is the... Shulchan. So we're telling you now it's in the last half. So the first, not the first twenty, but the second twenty. Okay. Good idea. Okay. Mashuch So now, not only that, Mashuch menakotel shteamotu mechza. So. Even though it's on the side, it's on the. It has to be on the north side of the of the hechal. So let's say when you walk in, this is the um. It's the is supposed to be on the north. Let's say so. Even though it's supposed to be on the north, it's not exactly touching the north wall. It has to be two and a half amot. Away from the north wall, okay. It's in the again. We, we described it as being within the second half of the of the hechal, but two um, two and a half amot away. We didn't say exactly where in the second half it is, but it's somewhere in the second half, two and a half amot away from the wall, okay. So that's on the north wall. So when you walk in on the north wall, you're going to see the shulchan. And on the south, that's the north? Which way is north over here? Okay, fine. The north wall will be the Shulchan. On the south wall will be the Menorah. Opposite it. The Mizbech HaZahav was smack in the middle of the room, splitting the room. But the whole thing was in the inner. So in other words, they moved it a drop in, closer to the Kodesh Kodeshim. So therefore, the whole Mizbech is on the inner half. But it's literally at the border. So if you make a, a, a line exactly at the midpoint of the Hechal, the Mizbech HaZahav is there, but fully in the inner half. Is that clear? Now, Meshuch Kamiya Klape Chutz.
moved a little bit to the north side. With Kulhon and all of them, within a third of the bite and inward. Which means if you count the Kodesh with the Kodesh Kodeshim, that's 60 Amat together. And the Kelim that are in it are all within 20 Amot from the opening of the Hechal, which is a third of the whole thing. In other words, none of them were in the first 20 Amot of the Hechal. Good. Now, Eser Menorot Asa Shlomo, Shnei Emad Vayas Menorot Azahav, Eser Kibosh Menorot. Besides for the 10 Shulchans that Shlomo made, besides for the one that we came, there was also another 10 Menorot that Shlomo made. Ve'yiten Be'echal Chamesh Menin Chamesh Menorot. Five on the right and five on the left. Now, we're going to explain it again the same way we did like in yesterday's thing. In Tomar, Chamesh Metzafon Chamesh Metanom, if we understand that there were five on this wall and five on that wall, when we said right and left, we mean north and south, if you want to explain it like that, has to be in the, in the south. You can't have kosher menorah on the, on the north. As it says, it has to be on the south side. So if so, what does it come to mean when it says right and left? When we said five on the right, five on the left, we didn't mean you put five menorah on this side of the Hechal and five on that side of the Hechal. No. You take the menorah that's on the south side and you put five to the left of the menorah and five to the right of the menorah. Okay? So total 11 then? Total of 11 sounds like, yes. Okay? Now, Alpha Piken, Lo Ayam of Eid El Even though he made so many, the only one that the Kohen Gadol would like was the one of Moshe Rabbeinu. Shneemar, Murat, Hazahav, and Yertel, Va'er, Va'er, Va'er. Now, since that language uses Lashon Yachid, it uses singular language, Minorat, as opposed, as opposed to the word Minorot, which would have been plural, the implication is that the only one that actually was ignited was Moshe's. Even though there are 11, they're not there for lighting. They must be there for looks. That's what this bright is saying. However, Yosi by Yehuda Omer, Al Kulana Mavir. He says all of them he liked. Shneimad Beit Menorot Veneroteil Levaram Kivishmat Lefneadvir. As says the Menorot, the pasuk says Menorot. It sounds like the Olet. Now, says the Gemara, Ve'Aperach Ve'Hanerot Va'Malkachayim Zahavu Mechalot Zahav. It says that about the the, the menorot that, that uh, Shalom HaMelech made, it says that the perach and the not and Melchachayim, all the instruments, zahav, who were made of zahav, mechilot zahav, from the end of the gold. Hen kilu zahavo shel Shlomo. Which means that that was the end of Shalom's gold. Shalom used all his gold to make it. Now, when we say he finished all his gold, of course it doesn't mean that. Because the, the Pasuk says that Shalomor had tons of gold. But there was some 
kind of gold called zahav sagur, closed gold. They call it the closed gold because when he would, when that gold was being sold in the market, nobody's buying any other gold. So all the other stores closed. If any store has some, the other stores are closed. So they call it the closed gold. Okay, and that closed gold, Shilmo had only had a certain amount of it. And that's, wow, Mark is here. And that's the gold. We haven't seen Mark in a while. Welcome, Mark. Um, and that's the gold that uh, was used for the menorah and got finished when he finished the menorah. Tani Rabbi Yosef. We're on Yudchet Amunaf. Tani Rabbi Yosef. B'Shem Asi. How would Shilomor get the gold for the menorah that he was making? He would take elf kikrezav, a thousand loaves of gold, and he would put it into the into the, the furnace, and he would take him out. Until he would get out of a thousand loaves of gold, he would get one loaf of gold. That's how much he's purifying the gold. I don't know what kind of carrot of gold they were using in the olden days. I don't work in jewelry. But it seems like sometimes when you put in a fire the gold, that will get you out of the fire. It takes out the dross. It takes out the the the, the bad uh, impurities that are mixed in. And it seems like it was... He did it so so much that he took it... It was only one thousandth of a percent. And that was purest gold, which he used for the mineral. Okay? Now the Gemara asked the question. The One time they saw that the, that the, the extra menorah that was there was bigger by a dinar. They put it into the furnace for 80 times. It didn't lose anything. So you see that, it does, that when you put it into a, a, a furnace, it doesn't get smaller. How do we say that it gets smaller? Until you make it, in general, until you make it uh, as pure as it can, it, does, it, gets, it loses a lot. But once it loses, it doesn't lose anything. Once you uh, already purified it, then it doesn't lose anything. That's why they were able to put it 80 times in, and it didn't lose any um, mass. I'm assuming that's 24 carats. I don't know. I, we, we say now 24 carats is pure, is pure gold. I don't know if uh, in the olden days they had even pure gold than 24 carats. In general, nowadays they do not make jewelry with twenty-four karat gold because it's too—it's too malleable, it's too soft. Uh, you'd have a, 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 a girl would have a, a bracelet, and it, you know, it would just smash on her. You don't want that. You want it to have a firmness, and that's why you specifically want eighteen karat. You don't want strong, much stronger. But I'm assuming that that uh, if it's this this pure, maybe is that what it's referring to the carrots? I don't know. Okay, we're in the Mishnah. Shlosha asal shofarot hayuba mikdash. There were thirteen shofars. A shofar, of course, we said 
was a pushka, a, a, a tzedakah box. We, we, we call it a shofar because it's shaped like a shofar in order to avoid any hanky-panky. No one should be able to stick their hand. If you have an open tzedakah box that we have now, you can stick your hand and take some money out the same way you put it in. They had it with a narrow ending, so this way it avoids having anyone suspect that someone might be taking something from the Beth Mikdash. So there's 13 of them. One says new shikalim, and one says old shikalim. Those are two, so there's ten left. One says kanim, pairs of birds. Gozle ola, birds for an ola, on the, on the fourth one, that's four. Etzim, it says wood on the fifth pushka, fifth selakah uh, box. Levona, frankincense, which is a spice they used to put on certain korbanot. Uh, that's on the sixth one. Zahav la kaporet, gold for the cup, for the for the vessels on the seventh one, and then shisha lenedava. After that, they have six of them for voluntary sacrifices. Okay, now says the Gemara. Taklin the, the Mishnah explains. What's Taklin Khatin? New Shekalin? Those are Shana Those are the new shekels that everyone donates every year. Every year everyone gives a half a shekel. So this first box is for the new shekel of anyone who's donating this year's shekel. The Atikin and the second one, which was for the old Shekalin, is Mishilohevi Eshtakat Shokel. That's for a guy who forgot to bring last year's shekel. He could bring the shekel and give put it in last year's one. Now, Mark is wondering, why do you have to have two boxes? Why can't we just have one box and put all your shekels in? Who cares if it's this year's or last year's shekel? And the answer is that this year's shekel are used to buy this year's korbanot. And last year's shekel, you cannot buy the korban chovah from last year's shekel. It has to be from the new ones. So that will just use for ketzam mezbech, but we don't use them for... Uh, straight up the Korban Sibur for this year you're not allowed to has to be from this year's Shekhan okay good question yeah, it's amazing it's a great mark Mark's off like yeah he's smart like that okay <laughs> you ready uh, and now where uh, myself right okay good L'Shanah Haba Kenin Hen Torim according to Tarakama when we say um, pairs of birds, it's referring to uh, a type of bird called a tor, which is a turtle dove. Is that what it says over there? I think it's a turtle dove. And gozle ola and b'neyona. Those are young pigeons. Uh, kulan, so according to this number, that, that was one and two, and then three and four are these turtle doves or young pigeons. Okay. Now, Kulan Le'olot. Both of them, according to this, numbers three and four are all coming for a guy who wants to do uh, uh, an Ola, which means that a guy who wants to bring a bird as a voluntary sacrifice. Okay, so according to this, both three and four are for voluntary sacrifices. Um, if we do, if you say you're doing pairs of birds, that's for korbans that you are have obligatory ones, 
which is one for Chatat and one for an Ola. And Gozle Ola are all the Ola. Now, if you see the Gemara, you will understand why these rabbis are arguing, why one says that, that bo- the first rabbi says that they're both for voluntary sacrifices, just two different types of birds. And the other one says, no, one's for voluntary sacrifices and one's for obligatory sacrifices. We'll see why. Now, if a guy says, I accept on myself to bring wood for the, for the, uh, for the fire of the Mizbeach, he has to have at least two planks of wood, not less. Now, Livona, if the guy promises he's going to bring Livona, which is the frankincense, Lo mikomets. He can't give less than a handful. Zahav, the guy says he's going to give gold. Lo yivchot zahav. He can't be less than a golden dinar. What are the shishal and What are the six that are coming for voluntary sacrifices? Nidava mayosin ba. What would they do with these nidavot? Lochim leolot. They would bring animals for olot. Habasar lashem. When you have an animal for Allah. The basar, the meat of the animal, goes on the mezbeach, Hashem to Hashem. The orot and the skins, la kohanim, go for the kohanim. This is how Yoyada figured it out from the Pasuk. Pasuk says, Asham hu, Ashom, Asham la Hashem. Pasuk mentions the word Asham three times. It's an Asham. The guy did a sin to Hashem. And from there we learn. That it goes to the coin. How do we see? Whatever comes because of a sin. Meaning, when you have leftover money from a Koban Khatat, you're only allowed to bring it all up. Also from a Koban Hasham, also. You buy an Basar and the meat. Lashem goes to Hashem. Ve'arot lekonim nimsu shtek shtek kedubim kayamim. It comes out that there's two pesukim that are working. Asham Lashem. When we say we give Asham to Hashem, that's referring to the meat. Ve'ashom lekohen. When we said Asham lekohen, ve'omer that that's for the skins. Ve'omer that's why the pasuk says regarding. What you did in Beit Mikdash says in Melachim, "Kesef Hashem v'Kesef Chatat Lo Yochal Beit Hashem LeKohanim You." That's why it says that it goes to the Kohanim because at least the skins go to the Kohanim, and that's what the pasuk in Melachim is talking about. It explains the Mishnah. Says the Gemara, "Kanya we learned in the Brayta." Amar Yehuda, "Lo Hayashafat Shel Kinim BiYerushalayim B'Pnei Hatarovet." According to this Brayta. They would not have kinyan of chovah because of machloket. So again, there was a machloket between Rabbi Yudan and the Chachamim, whether or not they have obligatory sacrifices uh, go into uh, 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 tzedakah box. Now, if they don't go into tzedakah box, then, then this, the procedure, the machloket is like this. Do, well, let's say um, Rabbi Haber has to bring a chovah set of birds. If you're allowed to put them in the tzedakah box, it means that you have a, like a self-service uh, job. You just come with the money of the the birds. You check 
the priceless to see what the current going price of the birds are. You come and you see $62. Take $62, put it in an envelope, put the envelope in the Tzedakah box, and then you walk home and say, I did my carbon. How do you know you did your carbon? Because the Kohanim are going to come. They, they, every day they come. They check how many uh, envelopes with money are in the Tzedakah box, and they make sacrifices for whoever has them by the thing. Now, by the amount of envelopes they get. Now, that's for obligatory, and there's one, according to Chachanin, there's one for obligatory sacrifice, and one for voluntary sacrifice. According to, welcome, Joey, according to, Rabbi Yudha, no, there's none for, 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 for obligatory sacrifices. Why not? So it says, because we're worried about mixing it. What are you, why are you worried about mixing? What do you mean mixing? Shema tamut achat. We're going to have a very big problem because if one lady who puts her, let's say one lady puts an envelope in the thing, and that day the lady dies. You got what's going on? Again, the, the Kohanim come and they open up the, the, the chest. And they see, okay, there's 65, uh, 65 sets of, of birds being offered today. Now, meanwhile, one of those ladies, lady number 64, was in a car accident and she died. Now you're going to offer her korban on the Zbech for her, and you're not really allowed to offer a korban, for an obligatory korban for a lady who already passed away. And according to, Now, if it's a voluntary korban, you are allowed to offer it. But an obligatory korban, korban, you can't. So according to the... The, according to the Yudah, we don't have a pushka for those sacrifices, even though he agrees it's 13, but he holds that the two of them are both for duty for them to birds, but they're all voluntary sacrifices. Okay? Good? Yeah. You got it, right, Joe? Good. Now, so how, yes, Ivan. So, so how do you do it then? I guess we're going to see. Oh, no, no. no that, a court, so, a court, no, he's a good question. So, if they don't have a, a, a a, 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 a mandatory to the box. So how do you how do you do your korbans if you have a mandatory korban? Simple. You go straight to the kohen, and you give him the korbans, and he does it. Or you buy it there and you bring him the birds, and he does it for you. This way, the kohen drive home. The, the lady dies. The well, thing. No, no, but we don't, not drive home. He's, I gave it straight to the kohen. And he went straight to the mizbeach. Ah, he was, it's not like you gave it at yeah, uh, 9 a.m. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Uh, according to this, you could come at 6 a.m., give it, and the Kohen will get it done before the end of the day, but you have time to go home. But here, if she has to bring it straight to the Kohen, then, then it's under control. So it's a machlok at whether or not people who owe the Korban have to give it straight to the Kohen, or they're allowed to put it in the self-service kiosk, as it were, right? I don't know the answer to that question. You're asking a good question. Well, you can still have the same problem. The lady, he gives it to the Kohen, and the Kohen is going to go to... She's still there. She moved. She had a heart attack. In the Beth Mikdash? Yeah, I don't know. Okay, so the Kohen's looking. She's here. Look at as he slaughters. Okay, so I guess they're not worried about that. But one's different when the lady's already on the highway. She's on I-95 on the way home. What do you mean? Well, she's on the Pennsylvania Turnpike, Ivan, right? On Very the, uh, on, back to the throwing. Yeah. What? Yeah, the Ben Franklin Bridge. Which is crazy. Yeah. Let's go. Okay.
Says the Gemara. It was the Bechav Abetot, Miruvot Pahem. That's the problem. So the Gemara says, Vatanya didn't learn to the Brayta. Haisha Shamla Hare Alai Ken, Vyad Meken, Lodim Bashofar. There's a Brayta that says, and a woman who says, I promise to give, I, I, I owe a, 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 a Ken for my, for my, uh, for my my chova, this this one happens to be talking about chova, even though hare Allah usually means that she's accepting it voluntary. Here it doesn't mean that. It says she brings the money of the of the pair and she puts it in the pushka. So it sounds like, it sounds like there is a pushka. It sounds like there is a, a, a silica box, and it says over there It says that when she puts the money in the in the box, she can eat. Uh, holy things that night she becomes holified because she has to wait until they do her sacrifice till she eats holy things. But we said over in this brighter that once she puts the money in the box that night she knows it's offered and she can just go eat the holy things. Mm-hmm. Why? She doesn't have to worry. Maybe the Quran was lazy and didn't do it. And we see the Kohen doesn't have to be worried that maybe someone died. So you see. The opposite that no, we're not worried about those things. Says the Gemara, Ki kamrinan pechatot shemetu balehem vaday. When did we say that there's a problem? When you saw that Yehuda says you're worried, it's only when you know for a fact that somebody died. That's when they'll all be be a problem. But from from safek we don't worry. You're right. We we don't have to if we don't have any knowledge. That one of the ladies died in an accident, so then we would we would offer them all. When we said Rabbi Yudah says he doesn't want to put, doesn't want to put a, a, a sedakah box for these things. It's in case we find out that someone really died. Because if we find that someone really died, then that day we won't be able to offer all sixty-five sacrifices because of that one lady. So Rabbi Yudah says we don't do it not because of a maybe a lady died, because what happens if a lady for sure dies? You're right. We don't have to suspect. That they might die, but if we know they die, then we're going to trouble, and that's why he says not to do it. Okay. Again, there's a couple of different chovas. One is if a lady becomes a ziva, which means she has bleeding outside of her regular nida days, then uh, uh, under certain circumstances, she might have to bring a pair of birds when she gets out of the tumah in order to get out of the tumah. There's a mitzvah. There's other things. So there's ladies if she does it. Add to that question now how, how it works. Sigmar says, the Amrinan, if he's worried, maybe we're going to find out for sure and we actually know what happened. In other words, if you're worried about me, so now, Mark, get with us. If we're worried that maybe she died, so then we understand what the problem is. But now that we went to say, we're worried that we're going to find out, that we're going to read in the Jerusalem, ta- in the, in the Jerusalem uh, Times that uh, Mrs. Cohen just... Uh, no, sorry. Mrs. Uh, uh, so-and-so just got, got uh, smashed on the freeway, right? And, um, and then we're going to not know what to do. What, what, why, why should that be a problem? Let's just say, if we find out that we get a bad news report, we'll go to the Shikaline box, take out the price of one set of Kobonot, throw that in the garbage, and use the rest and say that the money that we took out is is, her, is for whoever died in the freeway. But 
Rabbi, how do we know that this person who's on the freeway gave a korban? How do we know they put they put they, they write their name on it and they put it in there? I don't know. How does that work? That's a good question. I don't know. It's like you know, thousands of people die every day. We're going to assume that one of these people put a korban. I don't know. That's a good question. Hold on a second. Because you can't offer you can't offer a korban for a lady who passed away. The lady has to be alive for you to offer the korban for her. Okay, I don't have the answer. I'm sorry. Says the Gemara, Hamina ba'alma let We have a general rule that anyway it wouldn't work because Rabbi Yudah doesn't have Brera, which means Rabbi Yudah does not agree with retroactively declaring that this was someone's money, which means that the money that he gave, that she gave stays her money, according to Rabbi Yudah. He doesn't agree that we could afterwards uh, switch the money by, by, by saying, okay, this was their money. He doesn't agree with that idea. Therefore, this wouldn't work for him. And that's why he says, don't make... Uh, to the cow box. Okay. Now we're switching to the topic of wood. Rabbi Yossi Barbun Omar. Rabbi Ba Barmal Bai. He asked the question. Rabbi Ba Barmal. Mamo. Amar, we said, Hare Alai Etz. If a guy says, I accept on myself wood, in the Mishnah, the guy said, I accept on myself woods. In, in English, wood and wood. Wood is both plural and, and singular. In Hebrew, it's not. So in the Mishnah, like, I'm going I'm I'm to make, I'm gonna, you, you, I'll ask all the linguists out there to pardon me as I uh, take the liberty to make my own words. So now, in, the, in our new language, the word wood is singular and woods are plural. Okay? So, says the Gemara. In, in our Mishnah, we had said that if you, if you say, I owe woods, then you have to bring at least two. We're asking now, what happens if the guy says, I, I owe wood? Okay, so he says, You only have to bring one plank because, according to this, a person is allowed to do wood, one wood. When we said the Mishnah two, it's only because he said woods. The next Mishnah, we could prove that you're allowed to do one single board against the implication of our Mishnah from the following Mishnah. It says, each one must go on its own. Like we see in the Maringa. In the when they go through in the Mishnah and Yoma goes through the order of how they do the Korban Tamid every morning. Now, in the Korban Tamid every morning they cut up the animal. And there's a different Kohen in charge of bringing up every different part of the animal. Your job is to bring in the flank. Your job is to bring in the front leg. Each guy's got a different Kohen's got a job to bring up a particular animal part and put it on the Mizbech. And two of the animal parts are two Kohanim to carry the two planks. Now the fact that we're saying that there's a Kohen in charge of each planks, each plank is implying, according to our Gemara, that each plank could be its own significant part, and therefore, therefore, we're assuming that a guy could has the right to be able to donate just one plank because we see it's significant enough 
from the next Mishnah that one coin can bring up one plank and therefore it's, it's enough for someone to donate just that. Says the Gemara. How do we see that you can do wood? Because it says in the Pasuk, I have it on the side page, the Nefesh, so it says Korban, that I bought a team. When it says any Korban, with saying such a vague term, it's coming to include a team. Now, Rabbi Shubhan Levi Omer, Ovian Ama, Ba'ama Shochekit. The thickness of the wood has to be an ama with a wide ama. We said last time not all amas are the same. This is talking about a sixth vachim ama wide. The orkan in its length is ba'ama giduma. They used a smaller ama, so it's like a square plank. Yeah, Rav Choni b'shem Rav Ami says. Kimin turati, turtani. It's like the thickness of a of a turtani. What? How does it translate turtani over there? Scale hanger. A, that's what it says over here. I thought it says a scale hanger. I guess um, when you hang a scale on a thing, there's a, a thickness to that. Okay. We had said before that it was thick and whole ama. Now we're saying it's only thick like a scale hanger. Amar Rabbi Shmuel Bar Yitzchak, lefi shelo haya makom maracha ela amal ama, lefi kach lo haya ela amal giduma, which means that we're talking here about the big mizbeach that wasn't in the Beit Hamikdash. In the Mishkan of Shlomo, the mizbeach was much smaller. Now, in that mizbeach, we're going to see soon that the entire um, base of the roof of the mizbeach was only one amah by one amah. It was very, very narrow. And being that it was that narrow, you had to have the wood, in order that it shouldn't stick out over the corners of the mezbeach, had to be only one amah amah, so it could fit exactly on the roof of the mezbeach, where the fire was. Is that clear? Now, in the Beit HaMikdash, it was much bigger, but still we used the, the woods that's the same size as the original mezbeach of Moshe. V'tani ken, we learned, Ama hayesod, when you had the Mizbech of Moshe, there was an Ama for the foundation. Ama sovev, uh, uh, one Ama for the uh, the frame in the middle. Ama karkuf, Ama of the top. Ama karnot, and Ama for the horns on top. Ama marachah, and Ama for the fire. So we see that the, the, uh, the fire was an Ama. Around the top, okay. Now we're at the two dots. Okay, this part is a little tricky. Let's see if we get it. Now there's something called livona. I really don't know what livona is. Something called they translate it in the article as frankincense. It's some kind of spice which has uh, two purposes. One is it goes on a minchat chote. Many korbanot have one section of the korban that has to come with a handful of this frankincense. Okay? I don't know exactly what it is. Okay? And uh, also, you have to have two bazichim of frankincense on each one of the piles on the shulchan. So, let's just give you a quick background. 
there's a shulchan that we spoke about that's in the Kodesh. And that shulchan has on it the lechem hapanim. Okay? There are two piles of lechem hapanim. Each pile has six lechem hapanim on it. Six on this side, six on that side of the shulchan. Uh, each one, of course, they stayed fresh and the whole story was there with those things. What? All on one shulchan, or it's on all twelve of them. No, well, we said it on only one shulchan at a time. It's a machlok whether it went on only the shulchan of Moshe or they took turns, but it was only on one. Now, besides for those lechavonim, they also lechavonim also had on each side they would have one spoon of frankincense levona. Okay, so it goes in a korban and it goes. Now we're trying to figure out. How much you need, how much frankincense you need for the lechem apanim. So Gemara says the following. Neymar Khan, when it comes to lechem apanim, it says, askara, that you have to have a remembrance for, of, of frankincense. It says by Minchat Choteh, it also says the word askara. So it's a gizera shava. Just like by the Mincha. Milo comments, you need a full handful. So to when it comes to Nefakarim, Milo comets. You need at least a full handful for each one. Okay? So we figured out with the Gizra Shava that both sides of the Shulchan need a full handful. Ask the Gemara. If so, just like over there, it's two kometses, right? By lechem it has to be two. Maybe avkan when it comes to a guy who who donates levona. Let's say that also means two kometim. Why did Mishnah say that a guy who donates levona is able to give one handful? Why don't we say that he that just like when it comes to lechem we need. Two handfuls. Maybe you need two handfuls to do. If, if I say I owe, if I don't say without specification, I say I owe levona. Let's make the, the minimum sacrifice like like a lechavanim, which is two. The minimum donation should be two. Says the Gemara. Abrab ila kulum lamad lukometz ela miminchat choteh. The lechavanim was learnt originally from the minchat choteh. Ma lehalan kometz echeser pasul. Just like by a sacrifice, anything less than a kometz is pasul, so too by donation, less than a kometz is pasul. And therefore, this Arab Ila says, We learn from here that if you bring a if you bring a korban sacrifice, you have to figure out the size of the handful from the biggest hand of the kohen who is around. So that means that since whoever, whichever kohen is offering, is on duty that day or any day, we have to measure the biggest size of the kohen's hand. This way, if a guy says, I'm donating comets, it has to be at least the size that any Kohen who brings it, it's got to be big enough for his hand. If you say, okay, we checked the, we got a five for three Kohen, and we're going to check his hand, it's, oh, that's the Kometz. Now you can donate that much. Now you have a six foot seven Kohen walk in, 
and uh, it's not it's not a full handful for him, and therefore the Gemara figures out that if Rev Ela says we learn it from Lechem Abanim, and that Kometz has to be the biggest of the Kohanim, therefore the guy who donates also has to be that size. Okay, good. That's according to Rabbi Yosa. Rabbi Chizkiyah b'Shem Rabbi Yemer says, "I feel Kometz Abanim." He disagrees. He says a guy who donates to the Beit Hamikdash, if you donate Levona, you could check your handful and bring your handful. It doesn't have to be the biggest coin handful. So Machlok between Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Chizkiah is: Do we say that when Mark decides he's donating a handful of a Levona, we tell Mark, "Okay, let me see your hand size," or do we go tell him, "Wait a second, let's go find which which coins on the on, on the Kohanim basketball team." And check his hand size. Okay. Says the Gemara. Oh, that's a joke. There is no coin basketball team. Okay. Zahav lo yifchot. We said if you donate gold plain, you can't have less than one dinar. Amar bi'alazar. Hu shizkir tzura. That's only if you mentioned that you're going to bring a gold coin, that's on the dinar zahav. But if you didn't mention any coin, you didn't mention an actual coin, you can even bring a small fork, a tiny golden fork would be enough. You don't have to bring a whole dinar if you didn't mention the word coin. Okay? Now, we said in Amishnah that there were six extra tzedakah boxes in the dava, and their job was to, to go for voluntary sacrifices. Chizk why six? Why are there six? Everyone's wondering why the number six. Why can't there be five or nine or two? Says the Gemara. Chizki says, shisha bate avot. There were six families of Kohanim who worked in the Mikdash every week. So each family had its own shofar in order that they shouldn't come to any fights. Like we said, since those extra those extra korbanot go the 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 korbans go on the zbeach, but the leather goes to the kohenim. So in order there shouldn't be any fights, each family would have its according to this, each family would have its own tzedakah box to say that the the skins of that tzedakah box go to your family. Okay. As a bar padaya omer, shesh behemot. There's only six animals that you could bring for a korban ola. Pod. A bull, egel a calf, seir a ram. Uh, uh, no, seir is a. What are they translated seir as? A goat. Goat. Um, ayel is a ram. Gedi. I thought a gedi is a little kid, and a tle is a little sheep. Lamb. Okay. Shmuel Amar. korbanot. There's six korbanot. That when there's extra of those korbanot, we use it for an olah. What are they? Chatat v'ashemot minchat and asiri ta'ifa. Plus, kanei zavim, kanei zavot, kanei yodot. Good. Amar b'yochanan, ayadeh shenadavah meruba, ribu lo shanafot ha'beh. Why you need six? 
he, just, he says there's no specific number for six. We only have six, because otherwise it won't fit in one. There's so many that they won't fit in one. We just have six because there's an overflow. Now, says again, uh, I think we'll stop over here, the word Ketiv. We're on the bottom page. Ketiv v'chalotam lavi. Baruch Adonai le'olam. Amen ve'amen. Oh, when's the next halakha? Hold on. Yeah, we'll do it tomorrow. Take care of everyone.